gonna tell you something. I'm Star-Lord. I formed the Guardians. Met a girl, fell in love. That girl died, but then she came back. Came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but that is the gist of it. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. you all to know that I'm grateful to fight beside my friends. Incinerate them. <laughs> we were always searching for a family until we found each other. Are you ready for one last ride? fly away together into the forever and beautiful sky. Whoever it was that you were in love with, it sounds more like her. Her? Do not bring me into this. <laughs> Knock it off! What? I never noticed how black your eyes were. They were replaced by my father as a method of torture. He, he picked a pretty set. Hey. Hi. Welcome to Movie Humpers. I'm Bob Sham. <laughs> Thank you, I'm Angela. You sleepy. <laughs> the sounds you hear are dogs. I just mowed the yard. Yeah. And I'm out of shape enough that doing three hours of yard work is exhausting. It's also one of the warmer days that we've had so far this year. And, and I'm not, and don't think I'm like on my feet the whole time I have a riding mower. So I don't want to like make it like I'm doing like heavy landscaping out here. Being outside is difficult on your body because it's like hot and there's a lot of pollen. The pollen scene in the last few days has been intense. Out of control. And But here we are. We're back. We missed our at the movies last week. We took the week off from going we to the theater. Sure did. We went this week and we watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Volume Three, directed by James Gunn. James Gunn's last Marvel movie. He James did. Gunn. James Gunn. Um, the first, the first Guardians movie came out nine years ago. Wow. Nine years. Wow. Yeah. That's and. Long. James Gunn pretty much set the tone of like what is attempted at comedy in every superhero movie. Uh, you know, there's been some light tones and Iron Man stuff, but if you're like, why do they always talk like that now? You can thank this guy, James Gunn, pretty much. The reason why they cast Zachary Levy and not like some dude that actually looks like a superhero in the Shazam movies is probably because 
of James Gunn. And someone was like, he's in that show Chuck. Remember Chuck? Yeah. No one can do it like James Gunn, though. They try. Sure they can. You think the other movies are as good as the... I feel like this is one of the better ones. The first Thor Ragnarok was fine. Yes, but, but this, that was Taika, right? But this is the, yeah, but this is the thing. James Gunn, he led to Taika probably getting that role, Exactly, right? yeah. And they were going for, like, different kind of directors. Like, the Russo brothers are now, like, high-action directors. Yeah. They were directing Arrested Development episodes. Yeah. James Gunn was a trauma director. Yeah. And Taika Waititi, well, we know what he did. And I think the first Guardians movie, I mean, I haven't I've seen it I haven't seen it in so long. It what did seem very funny at the time. I was like, "Oh, there's not really anything like this." this it was is, refreshing. This is like a comedy. This yeah. isn't even a a su- real a superhero movie. It's more like a comedy, sci-fi comedy or mm-hmm. something. And then the second one, that's when the jokes felt like uh you're you're beating the dead horse a little bit. Yeah. And the whole and that whole story where Peter Quill is his dad is uh, the the cosmic bee entity ego. Mm-hmm. Just why? Why that was stupid. And he has a sister who's a bug. Underwhelming story. Very underwhelming. And this isn't a matter of me not understanding the source material. <laughs> you understand it so well. Because I actually I've, I've been I've, I've, I spent most of my life being obsessed over these worlds in comic book form. Yeah. I love all types of comics. I read more superhero. I would put my knowledge of superhero pointless bullshit up against anyone. And I think that's why it's so interesting when you and I do talk about these things, because the only superhero stuff I saw when I was a kid was movies and cartoons. I definitely watched a lot of Spider-Man cartoons. I definitely watched a lot of uh, Superman movies, but I did not read comic books until we started dating. And and the comic books I have read are not mostly not the superhero type. Right. I've read a few. I read like Civil War. I have a little bit of little bit of knowledge, but not much. When people encounter people that don't read comic books, here's a, here's my recommendation: don't tell them to read a superhero comic no. book. They no. already fucking know that yep. those are out there. You're, if they're not if they're not already like into Batman, they, they, at this point they don't give a shit. You have to show them comics outside of that realm. You have to show them if you genuinely think it's an art form to show them things outside of that realm. And something that you think they will and actually enjoy, not just because you enjoy it. You should think about like what would they like to read. Like the first comics you gave me were V for Vendetta and Fables. And things like that, like Sandman, like that's what you were handing me to read. And I fell in love with it. You know, the the other shit is just fun action shit, you know? Yeah. But nothing subtle in its messaging here. But I was, you know, this made me think about like the Marvel studios we're at today. Yeah. Five years, five plus years ago, there were, these movies were making a billion dollars. I don't think it's going to be like that anymore. It seems like they're leveling out at about, they're still making more money than every other kind of movie. And yet if they don't make a billion dollars, then you'll see a bunch of headlines being like, it flopped and it'll make like $150 million. It's because the market is saturated, but the market is saturated completely by them. Yes. That's what's so crazy to me about this shit. Like I've pretty much stopped watching Star Wars because I feel like Star Wars has grown grown into a blob. You know, like there's just 
so much of it and that's how marvel feels too and now that we're kind of picking and choosing what we watch i actually enjoy it a lot more because the idea of trying to watch all of it it's like uh, you comparing yourself at 40 to yourself when you were 19 like yeah i was so good at this back then and now i'm like tired and we're all <laughs> tired of me and so yeah i'm not i'm not getting as much love as i used to but when we went to see iron man our expectation in 2008 our expectations oh, yeah. were fucking rock bottom because think about the movies we had at least every x-men movie was only half good at best and complete shit yeah. at worst we blade? had shit like i don't i don't, I never even saw the blade movies really and i thought blade was there was like that daredevil movie you had the the Catwoman movie there was a lot kind of getting thrown against the wall that was just like ooh, what is going on here i think only spider-man was the one that where everyone was like okay this is pretty good but we went to watch iron man looking back it's a very basic formulaic movie mm -hmm. but it just was so you know executed in such a straightforward way and it wasn't total shit that we were like wow that was something else yeah. but marvel took that formula and proceeded to just beat it to death Disney buys it, Beats and it they're, even harder. they're beating it even harder. Mm -hmm. And you got some, you know, some things are better than others throughout the history, but now you can't blame people for being totally tired of this shit. The first Guardians movie was pretty fun, a fun romp mm -hmm. with um, a forgettable villain. Do you even remember the villain? In the first I won't Guardians? blame you if you don't remember all these characters' names, but do you even remember what the villain looked like no it was ronin the accuser and he was a soldier a kree soldier of thanos because every movie back then yeah, was gearing up to the thanos well thing. and i thought of thanos but i was like i know that's not right the second one was ego and that lame story yeah and the third one for guardians 3 mm. it has we're not going to give the ending away or anything but no we will like flesh out the outline of the movie for you it does have the the quippy, quirky comedy in this one, even more so than the second one. The mm -hmm. second one, it just felt like it was trying too hard and it failed. This one felt like this was some intense tragedy and some kind of weird uh, corporate con commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them trying to be like, oh, remember that they're the Guardians of the Galaxy and they're funny. Yeah, we need to have a light moment so, every so often. So every time they're together, make them bicker about some shit that doesn't matter. That shit felt just stuck to the wall. Like, the concentration was all about the Rocket Raccoon origin, Absolutely. where he come from. Well, before I go into the villains, what are you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that most of it, too, the quippy little things were between Mantis and Drax. Sure. Which... It just got a little old sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they obviously, like, cared about each other. They were trying to tell a story there that I just didn't really, like, get into as much as I just wanted to go back to the other stuff. But didn't so you get, get the feeling saying. that, like, the first one was, like, a comedy? Mm -hmm. But this one was only a comedy in the way that it felt like it needed to be. Absolutely. Like, it had to be like the other ones. Yeah. But the movie wanted to be a different kind of movie. And that's... The the parts of the movie that were a different kind of movie were what were so great about this movie. In incredibly tragic. Yes. This was a difficult one to watch, actually. It, yeah. There's some, like... I cried more in this than I've ever cried some in real, a like, brutal, superhero movie Some real brutal themes in this movie, mm -hmm. for real, because it centers around why Rocket 
is the way he is. It's yeah. kind of a Rockets movie. And there's also a subplot because I forget why I think... I, I forget why. Star-Lord, I guess, maybe did some shit with the time gem and brought Gamora back, but it wasn't around her time. Like, she's displaced in time because she died in one of the Avengers movies. brought an movies. older version of her to the future. Yes, so... And they encounter each other because they're in that, that space pirate clique that Star-Lord used to be in, the Ravagers. Ravagers. And she's running with that clique, and they kind of come back together through that, but she doesn't remember the relationship because she's out of time. Yeah, she obviously knows Nebula, but she really doesn't know anybody else. Star-Lord emotionally trying to get back together with her. Who gives a fuck? Didn't care. Who gives a fuck? Didn't care at all. Every month. Like, yeah, whoop the fucking dude. I actually like... I won't give away the end, but I like how that resolved. Yeah, I do too. Because I didn't give a fuck about it. Because the intense yeah. themes we got around Rocket and his origin, some of the saddest shit in any Marvel movie. Yes. I saw someone online. I hope I can find this. Finally! A great Marvel movie without a bunch of woke bullshit politics in it! Thank you! Finally a happy fan! You see what happens? You see what happens when you don't include all that political sh in your movies? This might be the most political Marvel movie I've ever seen. Marvel, you know, going to this movie, I was like, this villain's going to suck. Just like every other Marvel villain. The two that maybe are the most prolific are like Loki, who is kind of a fun villain. Yes, I love Loki, actually. And Thanos, who idiots think is deep. Like, don't people think that character is deep? People, no. people who like are like you know actually Thanos could have had a point are people that think that people starve because there's not enough food. No, fam, that's not why people are starving. And I swear to God, with the villain in this movie, the High Evolutionary, he's good. Who's actually very different than the comics. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the most insidious villain. Yes. In a Marvel movie that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And this and this guy, and I think about this guy being like, this movie is not political. Let me explain. The High Evolutionary is essentially, or, he runs something called Ogor Corp or some shit. Yeah. He's essentially like a bioengineering mad scientist and like intergalactic CEO mm -hmm. who is trying to genetically engineer the perfect society over and over and over again. And, and he has created entire like yes groups of people, these gold people. And when these, and there's a thing where something happens and Rocket need surgery and they discover that he has a lock on his system because he was made by this guy and they actually ref they use the term ip when talking about his creations throughout the galaxy so no one's allowed to operate on his beings because they have like like a like proprietary a, technology. a proprietary technology that doesn't allow anyone to save his life outside of corporate bioengineered planet or whatever this guy is like if late stage capitalism finished destroying the earth went off into space and just kept going even harder with like bioengineering medical technology for profit all to with this all with the nazi-esque idea of creating like the perfect society thank you james gunn I don't think that's political. The high evolutionary in the this movie goes harder than in the comics. In the comics, he goes from like mad scientist to someone who's not totally evil but can be bargained with. Mm. Not this dude. This no, dude is this dude. fucking evil. This guy thinks he's God. And he's played by Shikwudi Iwuji. 
and he does a very he 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 is actually very memorable in this movie. He does a great job. He's one of the most memorable villains in all of modern Marvel. Just memorable movies. Memorable in the sense that you just want to see him just fucking get tortured to death yeah. by the end of this movie. Yep. You want to see this guy, the heroes just brutally like each grab a limb and just rip this fucker apart because this dude is irredeemably evil. But yeah, it's an unpolitical movie. The, the intergalactic bioengineering CEO. Yeah, whatever, cunts. And I swear <laughs> to God. If anyone in there says that, you know, the high evolutionary, he's actually has some good points. Put that fucker's name on a list and save it for the revolution. All right. On top of that and centered around that is just some of the saddest shit you'll ever see in any Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, some criticism I I got was that I had heard about the movie that it was almost like too hitchy with the sadness. But honestly, in in the context of a Marvel movie, I would take that over a quippy bullshit yeah. during an apocalypse yeah because that at least makes more sense than people trying to pull out these clever one-liners why horrifying shit is happening to them and also we have a, a a new i think in one of the other guardians movies we get the sovereigns which are the golden people mm-hmm. who are trying to make the perfect people the warlock adam warlock is what he's yeah. called and he is very, also very different in this movie. He's kind of like, in the comics, he's almost like this um, phil- philosophical sagely type. Really? This intergalactic. He's a guy that kind of keeps being reborn over and over again, so he changes and changes. Okay. They mentioned a cocoon, right? Yeah. And um They took him out of his cocoon too early. He's essentially like an ultra-powered being, but he's also... Like, very childlike. He's yeah. kind of stupid. Simple. And they're working for the high evolutionary, but they're only doing it to to preserve themselves because they don't want to draw the ire or get fucking deleted. Because whenever the high evolutionary feels like what he's created is no more, whether it be an entire planet that he's engineered, he will just destroy the whole thing on a whim. Yeah. So he's basically like, if you're no use to me, I'm going to kill you. So they're trying to be useful. And so essentially the Guardians are having to go and get the technology required to help Rocket come back. Yeah. And then there and then we get to certain places, Adam Warlock and what he becomes. I mean, it seems kind of obvious to me that that character will become he seems more of a neutral character who's being used. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, of course, of course he's going to be hanging with them. That's Of course. Of, that's well, nothing spoiled. He also doesn't spoilery. have anywhere to go. So he'd either have to be really super evil, die, or become a guardian. Like, yeah. those are his only options. Right. Like, there's no... He'd either have... Yeah. And um, if you feel like I spoiled that for you, then, like... Uh, oh, yeah, I get over have it. Have you never seen these movies? I would like to, for a moment, talk about the completely organic spaceship. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, Org Corp, or whatever the jazz it's called, um, when they go there to try to find Rocket's files... This whole place is an organism. Yeah. He's grown this whole place, right, with this technology. And so truly, they can just slice into the wall and, like, take a chunk out. And, like, it's still living. And my favorite part, though, was Nathan Fillion is in this movie. And, yes, he shows up in a lot of these sorts of movies. But this is, like, a, a new character in this one. And he's, like, the head of the guard or something within this organism spaceship and these suits that they wear they look like they're big flesh suits they look like big flesh suits like big like must super muscly fat suits 
Yeah. Honestly, like they were so bizarre looking. Actually, interesting imagination here yes. as well. It was crazy cool. That's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um and we won't we won't say any more than that. The bad guy wins and they all die. <laughs> so you're going to hump this 1 through 5 times. Mhm. I'm going to hump this 1 through 5 times. Okay. Combine for best out of 10. Uh do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Sure. Uh I knew nothing about what this this version or this like volume 3 was supposed to be. I didn't see even one preview. I was a little reticent to even watch it. Obviously, I would go see anything you want me to, but for really? the show um Really? Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I would watch anything you want me to watch for this show. I'm not going to maybe always like it. Porn? Yeah. Watch porn. This is now a porn review podcast. <laughs> but but it has to be one with like a full plot. Like it has to be like a full length plot porn. So we have to go to the 70s. Uh, what are your thoughts on the movie? Oh, yeah. You distracted me. Uh, I am going to go. I think I'm going to give it a 3.5. Okay. I I kind of feel that realm myself. Yeah, I've been kind of I've been kind of going truly between four, not four, not that high, but like I was at like a like a three to three, seven five. Like I couldn't figure out where it falls, and I think three three point five because the goofy parts aside, I do feel like this is one of the better stories within a Marvel movie, the Racket Raccoon origins it's not as funny as the first one though no. i feel like i need to re-watch the first one to see how i, I would, really yeah. think it's funny but the villain is better and the themes the villain are better. Is way better and it actually is nice that this 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 story is actually kind of more self-contained as opposed to the other ones yeah. which all seem tentatively connected to the thanos overarching storyline and now that that's all said and done seems a little seemed really exhausted you know so you give it a 3.5 yeah like i said the the quippy stuff seemed more tacked on than ever it's still annoying it didn't really do much the the uh peter quill gamora shit who cares it's fine i mean you gotta expect that in this right but the the but the the intense tragedy like it really kind of this movie did make me tear up a couple of times and the villain is like unbelievably evil that you just intensely hate him yeah and props to that it's a worthy intro into the summer movie blockbuster yeah, of war sure. because of course this is like sci-fi adventure right mm -hmm. so i i feel where you're at and i'll be a little nicer mm -hmm. because i like the villain performance and it made me like rocket a little bit more even i do though love he, rocket even though he's just a little cgi tennis ball that they're all staring at <laughs> but i'll give it a 3.75 all right combine that and that brings it to a 7.25. Yes. 7.25. That's still an A, right? Yes. Wait. It's a B. Well, I feel like that's fair. It's B. Like it's a we our our tier system is harsh. Yeah. And that's just how it's going to be. So, <laughs> it is I would put it above National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. Uh-huh. But it's under Dungeons and Dragons honor. That majesty. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, let me pull this up so y'all can watch me type it. Yeah, I do think, like, overall, Dungeons & Dragons was a better, like, full movie. Fucking shit. There we go. For sure. You know, like, that was a better full movie, and then, yeah. Sure. That makes sense to me. Because the humor worked better. Yeah, the one. humor was much... I wrote Guardians of the Dragon. 
<laughs> because I was talking about Dragon, mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragon, Guardians you know, of the Galaxy, Volume Three. This is compelling. Watching me type. Okay, I was gonna talk during it, but that's okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say that's the thing about this one is that it kind of feels disjointed a little bit sometimes because it'll be like trying to make you laugh and then go to like this horribly like sad and also heartfelt and like very touching moment and it it kind of jerks you around a little bit Mm -hmm. to be honest and maybe that's why the humor felt so much more tacked on because it it did not balance out that that tragedy yeah so you kind of had if you you had to if you accepted one then the other one would seem off yeah but it is kind of a nice way to wrap up james gunn's time in uh the marvel studios he started strong left strong yeah and he's gonna go to dc and make quippy quirky movies there but though his his suicide squad movie wasn't bad i liked it that one's funnier than guardians 2 yes so there's that it's just that a lot of people are gonna try to be cutesy funny no it's just that it's just what's happening now like you know we were talking about like 10 years ago it was all like children are too smart Yeah, yeah you know yeah true now everybody's too funny (laughs) <laughs> or uh you know it's hard being funny it really yeah, is totally. like to sit there and be like i have to write this i have to write a comedy thing i have to make this funny that is very hard to do yeah and uh these guys prove it <laughs> <laughs> i won't say there's zero laughs but no there's a few there's a lot getting thrown against the walls all yeah. the same there you go anything else before we go check the show notes for any links and stuff to find us in other places Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors.